This season, my last is a NASCAR Cup driver. You gonna die doing this dumbass? Yeah, you fool. Open your mouth like I give you this milk. Open your mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. I have unicorn crap all in my hair and on my nose. I have never been so stressed out in my entire life. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. And the two-old pits to Lindor. Swung out and built it to deep right center. Away, back, and gone. He has a five, a five time, a five time early. What? I got some mighty dog food, some kind of s. Tonight, the little boy is stuck using a cold noodle to find his way around. He's at risk for HIV, hepatitis C, herpes, gonorrhea, chlamydia. Facebook thugging is a crime. You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. No, this is wrong. Oh my God, look at what you did to him. And you know, this is terrible. This is terrible. I'm 46 years old. You know, I had to take off my shoes. So kiss my black I used to be that whore. I'm not a whore anymore. With the first pick. In the 2017 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Miles Garrett, defensive end, Texas A&M. Welcome to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, the final day of the week. Another opportunity, multiple rather, for you to win yourself $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. Your first keyword happens 610. We'll do it again 710, 810, 910 for you all morning. Multiple chances for you to win yourself $1,000. Joined every morning. This morning shall be no different by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, NFL Draft is obviously what's on everybody's minds. And uh, I'll get us right into it. I think the Browns, what they did last night, was smart. I think everything they did, I can totally live with everything they did. And I'll tell you why I can live with it. Because everybody on Browns Twitter hated it. And that's how I know we're getting smarter. When idiots that don't know anything, that live online, hate what you do, football people are getting smarter. Um, I feel like I saw both sides of that coin last night. I saw people who were like, dude, this is it. It's all the dude, whole game's different now. Brown Super Bowl contenders. And I saw people who were saying this was the worst draft, you know, moves of, of all time. And obviously I would think it's probably somewhere, somewhere in, in the, the middle. middle there. Somewhere in the middle. Now, I I personally think I know what the Browns are doing now. And it's smart. If this is their plan, it's smart. Last night seemed to me like what they're going to do is double down and try to get a trade going for the quarterback they want versus getting one in the draft. And if you look at the picks they made last night, it's to bolster the roster. It's to go to a quarterback in a trade situation who doesn't, what does everybody say? Nobody wants to play there. Nobody wants to play in Cleveland. Who would want to play there? The team sucks. It's all bad. And so what they were doing is they went and got two defensive studs. They went and got you Miles Garrett, like we all wanted, and they got you Jabril Preppers. We'll get into that here in a second, right, out of Michigan. But at least now you can go to a quarterback and go, we just got two defensive studs that are going to make impacts in game. You're going to be in games. We're going to be able to control scoring. You're going to be in games. And then you already got Corey Coleman on the wideout, and now you picked up that really good tight end. Is it 
I hope I don't say this kid's name wrong. Is it David Njoku? Do I have that right? Yeah, Njoku is how I've heard it. I've heard it a couple different ways. Uh, I, some people were just saying Joku, like silent N. Some people were saying Njoku. Others were saying Njoku. So I'm going with Njoku. Okay, we'll call him that. And if somebody wants to correct it and has the proper, then you yeah. know, just let me know. But that's what I've heard it like three different ways on the news. Yeah. So like, I'm going with that. And uh, I, he's a stud tight end. I personally, I think I loved everything the Browns did last night. And I had said for weeks that what I would really like is I would have liked Miles Garrett at one, Deshaun Watson at 12. But Watson's not a for sure pick. I thought Trubisky was anything but a for sure pick, given the fact that he's only started so many games. I just, I'm perfectly, now what won't happen next year, no matter what, what what will not happen next year is a first round quarterback bust, which will kill this franchise if they do it again. Yeah, and that would certainly be a lot of weight and expectations on this regime. So I can understand why you wouldn't want that, especially if, if, if you're going to overreach like the Bears did last night. I can certainly understand why. After signing Mike Glennon to $45 million. For what? Right. For Three what? years. I mean, just just a head-scratcher of a move from Chicago last night. But I can understand why, why they didn't necessarily want to do that. And I'm sure as we talk through this, we'll have a million different points, and I'll be able to ask you a million different questions. Sure, but one yeah. of the things that you kind of alluded to there is that, that is that this draft somehow or another is putting the Browns in a better spot to trade for a quarterback. I, 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 I don't know. Why? I I just think, like I said, I think if you're going to look at guys who are like telling their agent, I don't know if I want to go there. And I think agents are going to be able to sell good quarterbacks. I'm like, dude, they got Miles Garrett now. You got Jabril Puppers. You still got Joe Hayden. You're now like you're going to be in games. You're not going to get blown out. You you have a chance to win. But what do the Browns have to offer as a trade? Why? Why was I as the Redskins? Why would I? Dude, I'm not trading Kirk Cousins. Why would I trade him? I think there's a little bit of. Honestly, sometimes people don't trade because of logic. Sometimes they trade over personality. And you see this in radio all the time. I've seen talented radio guys get thrown out of radio stations because they didn't get along with the management. And Kirk Cousins doesn't necessarily get along with the management. And so if he wants out and you want him, and now, like, we may have been a team he might have been like, no, you can't stop anybody. That defense leaks like a sieve. And now you can be like, well, we got a new defensive coordinator in Greg Williams. We just got you the best overall player in the draft is what most people were saying in Miles Garrett. And now you got your real peppers. Now, you could make the argument of what the peppers thing scares me. Off of the quarterback thing here for a minute, it scares me only because he had the diluted like urine sample at the combine. I don't care if dudes smoke weed, obviously. No. I don't care. But the problem is now, even before you're in the league, Jabril Puppers is already in the league's like drug program. Right. And from what I've been told, that's 12 tests a month. Jeez, 12 dude. tests a month. That's a lot. Sooner or later, that's costing us four games. Right? Yeah. Sooner or later, that's going to cost us four games. I just... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah, I'm making the kid guilty yeah. of something he's not guilty of, but sooner or later, that's going to cost you four games. Yeah. I mean, that, welcome that, to pro sports. That feels inevitable that a pro football player is going to smoke weed. You See, know what I'm saying? What? Exactly. Just, oh, it it's the like only that. reason I don't like the Peppers pick. That's the only reason. Um, I think it was a bit of a head scratcher to me of like, did you really gain that much by moving down from the 12th to what was it? The 25th there. I mean, it, it felt like a little bit of why didn't you just take somebody at the 12? Um, you could have taken Malik Hooker there. I think he and, was still available. 
available? I, I, I think I think probably what you're seeing there is that the Browns in this regime was probably told you guys have another year to work with as a buffer zone, and we want you to have more options next year in the draft when you're going for a quarterback. I totally agree. So I, I totally agree. I think that's probably where where that logic came from and why they decided to move down. Um, I saw people freaking out yesterday, and this really does go to show um, how dumb some people are. I can't believe the Browns drafted a Wolverine. You know he's gonna suck. He's gonna be terrible. Michigan sucks. Oh my! Oh oh oh! Oh my God! Like honestly, like what are you gonna do? Not take a quarterback out of USC? Like I mean, guys, you're not gonna take Tom Brady. Are you not gonna take Tom Brady because he's a Wolverine? Is that what you're gonna not take? Come on, guys! Come on! They're saying I'm being told Peppers is likely to play offense. Oh, I got it. I never saw that. I guess you could move him around. I, I didn't um, even think about that. I, I, I know that he was a return dude and that like that people were saying that he'll make an impact on special teams. He's going to go be a receiver? Is, is that what he's going to go do? I, you know, I don't know. That's the thing about him. That's the thing that people liked about him is that First he's a off, pure athlete yeah. and that you can kind of like move him around the field. I never thought about that. But maybe that will be the thing. I still think what they're trying to do is get pieces to make a free agency or a trade quarterback go, yeah, dude, just don't send me there. I think they're just trying yeah. to get to a don't send me there,ville. And that's, I mean, why, you're not going to go from 1 and 15 to the Super Bowl, but we weren't going to be any better next year with Deshaun Watson. Like, we're going we're gonna to be who we're going to be. I wanted Watson. I think Watson's great. I think he has the potential to be really good. And what's really going to be annoying next year is when the Houston Texans with that roster that should have beaten the New England Patriots this year with Brock Osweiler at quarterback, when that roster makes Deshaun Watson look like a total stud, you're just going to have Brown fans so annoying about how we didn't take him. We don't have that roster. I, I didn't think either him or Trubisky were like certified picks. And neither one of them were like, yeah, dude, if you don't get that kid, you're screwed. Where Miles Garrett felt that way. I'm totally okay with everything they did. I think that the Browns came out of the first round looking, honestly, really smart. Now, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Got to make room for that. I would have to make room for that. But at the end of the day, if we end up, and I know you, Fantone was way early on the Kirk Cousins thing. You were like, dude, give me Kirk Cousins. And I've been a little, ah, I don't like the how do you like that and like some of the other stuff. But at the end of the day, he will stabilize you. He will, he will get you like, dude, we got to get to eight and eight before we win a Super Bowl. And Kirk Cousins will get you at least there. And if they end up making that trade happen, I'll totally be, I'll be fine with everything they did. I'm, I've said all along, I liked Watson, but if we end up not taking a quarterback in this draft, then I could live with it. I personally think the Brown, everything they did was smart. And I know it was smart because, like I said, every Browns fan I, I, I follow on Twitter all had dumpsters on fire in their gifts last night on their timeline. That's how I knew. Yep, the Browns are getting smarter because the fans think what they did was stupid. Oh, and I will trust front offices, even this one, over hashtag dog pound. Your first chance to win yourself $1,000 happens right now. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. You're just over a half hour away now of winning yourself $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. Next opportunity, 710. We'll give you your next keyword. You know, it was the other day on the program we were telling a story, and I knew people didn't believe us. I knew it because it was an unbelievable story. All right. And I remember saying on the air, I have photo proof of this. And sure enough, at my Instagram, at Sandsbury Show, the amount of people who have looked at that and then posted like in the comment section and said, yeah, man, I was listening to this on the radio and I didn't believe you at all. And now I'm seeing the photos and I can't believe it. it was what Dustin hit that golf ball and killed that bird. 
My buddy Dustin killed a bird with a golf ball, just hit it into the trees and like knocked it out. And sure enough, like all over my Twitter and all over my Instagram, people were like, yeah, man, I was listening. I didn't buy that story at all. And that's why I'm saying, I, that's why, again, and I was standing there and I saw it happen. I was like, somebody take a camera out. Give me pictures of this because I knew nobody would believe me. And I can't believe people would think I would lie. For as much as I know and for as much as you know that we're not liars, we're not even really embellishers. Like you and I are pretty Too much work. You and I are pretty straightforward guys. But Too like, much work. We're just doing Dudes on the radio to them, they don't know that like we're decent. I, well, not even decent, but like I'm. You're, you're, we're not going to. We're not going to like. Hey, you know what would be funny if we made up a story that all. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just too cheesy for us. Like if it's not real, we're not doing it. Yeah. I've always right. been that's that's always been my take right. on the radio is like yeah let's, let's try to keep it and, and again real is a word that gets overused I always say I like authentic that's the word I like and I, yeah I, I try to be very authentic I knew nobody would believe me and sure enough but the photos are up there at Sansbury Show on Instagram if you want to see them I bet you nobody believes the cheetah story you know what I'm saying oh Phantom's lying oh Phantom's uh, lying verified on the news All right. you know what I mean verified <laughs> I guess I mean I'm just verified on the news Good for you, buddy. You you saved that little kid from 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 the fate of the cheetah. There try to save Dustin from that bird. I did. <laughs> I did. Could do it. So uh, the draft was last night. Personally, I think that everything sure. the Browns did was very very smart. I, I think now look, you can make the argument. Just stay at twelve. Take Malik Hooker. Yeah. You can make that argument. Yeah, you can. You, you totally could. You totally could. I think they were worried about his surgery and that injury being a little bit worse than people are letting on. I think they were maybe worried about that, and I don't necessarily then hate them moving off of him. I, I, I think you can certainly say, well, it's going to take some time for it to develop, but any draft is that way. You're right. always going to have to give it some time. So as I stand today, I have to say I approve of the Browns as well. I, I really walked away last night thinking, oh, God, we may have gotten this right. Um, as far as, as as Peppers goes, um, one of the big gripes I heard against him is that he's a a take plays off like doesn't always tackle hard. Doesn't They're do that. All take plays all right, off right, guys. All right, all right. They're all that way. You're that way. Let me ask you, America. When you like today's Friday, right? Right. I would imagine in most offices productivity down today versus Wednesday. Oh yeah, dude. Everyone's got a case of the efforts on Friday. How about December? Right. Last uh-huh. two weeks of December, Nothing. everybody's in effort mail it in mode. Just kicking your feet back and so relaxing. So explain to me how human beings aren't going to be take plays off, guys, and just because they play professional sports, <sighs> LeBron took games off. Higher expectations, I guess. I mean, higher. It's like, dude, you're out there playing a game, getting paid millions of dollars. Just because you have placed higher expectations on somebody doesn't necessarily mean that that was logical to do that or that they are going to reach them. Well, I guess, you know, the argument of, well, that's why that guy won't reach his potential. That guy is, 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 is that's why that guy will be a bust in the NFL is because he had the athletic ability to take plays off in college. Because when you're in college, dude, you're the it's man all about talent. out there. Yeah, it's dude. all you're about just, talent. You're so much better of an athlete that you can do stuff like that. And, and, and that's one of the things I heard about Peppers is that dude doesn't tackle hard. And when he's not a part, when he's not a part of the highlight, he doesn't care. That's a problem. I don't love it, obviously. I think... Um, you may see a difference at the pro level. I don't know. But here's what I know. I can watch pro games and watch dudes, studs, take plays off. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? So don't talk to me about how he did it at, at Michigan and how it's going to be this huge problem when they, when they do it in the pros. You know what I mean? People were saying that about Miles Garrett, too. Now, look, I don't know Miles Garrett's going to end up being what I want him to be, but I know he's got the size and he's got the speed. And hopefully then we can teach him what else he needs to know. But I'm going to start with size and speed. 
Yeah, I hope he's a perpetual pro bowler, and it seems like that's going to be the case, but time will tell. You just don't know. Time will tell. You just don't know. But I was uh, I was all surprised because I saw you on Twitter last night mm-hmm. as people were waiting for the next pick, and you were like, you know, Frankie's making noise over on Fox Sports Ohio right now because Lindor was going off. Indians was a great game last yeah, night, it man. Was. It was it was a lot of fun to watch, and uh, yeah, Francisco Lindor, dude, just what a stud, man. He uh, he's 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 honestly one of the kids. He's uh, he's the future of baseball right there. And then I saw this. We now have the schedule, buddy, for the Eastern Conference semifinals. And uh, if you don't know, Fantone is the <sighs> biggest Cavaliers fan you will ever. Ever meet try in your be. life? Try to be. They're no, not good. even close. Like I know people who think there are hard, there are like hardcore Cavs fans, and yeah. they don't come close to your fandom. Well, thank you. I guess you are. <laughs> I don't no, know if that's sad or if I should be proud. Well, I know it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. But game one, May first, seven p.m. Quicken Loans Arena. Game two, May third, seven p.m. Quicken Loans, and then we head back there in Toronto, May fifth and May seventh. Um, out there, so we are we uh, we do get the Raptors, right? We do get the Raptors, and uh, is there going to be drama in this? Um, quite possibly, dude. I think if there's any team in the East that could give the Cavaliers fits, it will be the Toronto Raptors. Um, uh, when it comes down to it, they've got decent size, um, they've got experience, and they can play mismatches. Um, the Cavs had a decent time or a decent struggle against the Indiana Pacers in the pick and roll, so I'm a little concerned that the, that the Raptors are going to be able to exploit that. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, the Cavs are the far better team. It's not. Not even really close, so I would say Cavs in six. If if you're asking me right now, is that right? Yeah, I don't think this is going to be a sweep situation. Um, I know that somewhere along, or I feel that somewhere along the line, the Cavs are going to drop a game, and everyone's going to lose their mind. But you got to remember, they dropped games to the to the Raptors last year as well. I mean, that was uh, that was a tougher series. That was that was an in six series as well. So it's okay if 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 that's what happens here. And I'm almost happy that they get them this next round as opposed to the Eastern Conference final. Again, so um, plenty of reason for Cavs fans to be excited. You should we we should walk away a winner of this one, and uh, and and uh, hopefully we build the wall up north too. Did they? <laughs> did it, um, Toronto beat? It was Milwaukee, right? Correct. And they have that kid Giannis. Giannis Ante, 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 Ante the Greek freak. Uh, the Greek freak. Yeah. I heard that the Milwaukee fans last night, as they were making a comeback, were chanting USA. And like people were all over Twitter because they were playing Toronto, right? right. And everybody on Twitter was like, um, you're chanting USA, but your best player is from Greece. From Greece, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It's it's the team, though. You're cheering for the team. You're right. not necessarily cheering for the guy. I wonder if they, he was pissed about that, though. Like, you sons of bitches. I'm out here busting my ass. You know, people are saying that like LeBron's got like five, six more years in the league, right? And they say that he probably has the potential to be the best player in the league another three years. And that there are people making uh, the statement now that Giannis is going to be the next best player in the NBA. Um, Do you well, buy that? You, I can certainly see why people say that. I mean, he when you when, when you call the guy the Greek freak, he honestly is just amazing to watch. He reminds you the way he plays of LeBron. But there's so he many, is fun to watch. But there's so many things that have to happen from having all the potential in the world into like maximizing that potential like LeBron has. So I think that's premature and and it's tough to put on anybody to be like, oh well, you're going to be this next guy. I mean, most times you do that, and LeBron I think might be the exception here. Most Sometimes you say, oh, you're going to be the next MJ, or oh, you're going to be the next whoever, you're not going to be able to live up to that. It's just weird, given all the hype, that it's not the consensus that, well, yeah, the baton will eventually be passed off to Anthony Davis. You know what I mean? Kentucky Wildcat, now with the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, I believe. But he was like all the rage when he got drafted. 
You know what I mean? And yeah. now people are saying, eh, it's probably more likely to be Giannis or Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, but, I mean, that's 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 potential for you. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's very easy when these guys come out of a draft or when these guys come out of college, when these guys make their debut, to start giving them crowns, start anointing them, start saying, like, you're the next whoever. And it's like there's just so many factors that go in outside of just potential. There's a lot of different things that have to have to happen for You planning to go on, uh, to any of these Cavaliers games? Um, I don't. Think so because I think the first one is it, it, I think like the first ones at home are, are weekday games. And yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna make the drive all the way up there on a weekday. I think there is a Sunday yeah, game. And, uh, I think there's a Sunday game, and um, if that's the case, maybe I'll go up to the watch party. Ah, yeah. yeah, that might be cool. Those are a lot cheaper, and those are a lot. I mean, it's still just as much fun. The thing with the watch parties is, and it kind of sucks because the basketball game's not happening there. But like when you're at the queue, you're just watching the big screen anyway. You know what I mean? Like you're not really looking down at the game for the most part. So that is strange. Yeah. That does happen That's in all live performance concerts right. too, and like right. all that stuff. You end up looking at the screen versus the stage all the time, right? And and, and asking yourself, why the what? hell did I spend all this money on this dick? Stupid. I'm up in the 500 TV. sections for. No reason. I can't even see Eric Church. What am I doing all the way up here? Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. All right, there are certain jobs, and I would think that ours is one of them, that if you took somebody off the street who always says, you know, your job's so easy, who couldn't do it? And I always say, you know, then I have to fight the temptation to look back at you and say, well, off the top of my head, you're the person that couldn't do it. But you take somebody who's never done a job before, and they may look around and go, you know what? This is harder than I thought it would be. But this is happening now on a more regular basis from a person that it shouldn't be. And we're going to examine it next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. In town all weekend at the Diamond Rail Club is adult superstar Dillian Harper. She will join us 9.30 this morning. She's like a top 10 ranked porn star right now. She's like one of those girls who just like rocketed up the charts. Only been in the business about five years. Interested to speak to her. So we'll do so. 9.30 this morning. And again, she's in town at the Diamond Rail Club. Tonight and tomorrow night. You know, I saw this and I can't stay away from it. I've stayed away from some of the politics stuff lately because it's so polarizing. And I think some people just like come to shows like this to get away from some of that stuff. And I totally understand that. And I like being that for you. But when I read certain things, I just can't skip over it. And they were talking to our president, Donald Trump, about the first 100 days in office. And they do this with presidents after they've become president. They kind of talk to them about what they missed from their previous life. You know what I mean? Being a, the president will upend your life. You're going to end up, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's one of those things I think... I would assume, I've never been president, obviously, but I would assume it's one of those things that you think you got a grip on it until you're like thrusted into it, and then it's like, oh, this is way different than I thought it was going to be. And that would be perfectly okay. Now, he says he misses driving. Now, that's perfectly okay, too, although how much driving was Donald Trump doing before? Wasn't he being like chauffeured around in limousines, I would think? Yeah, but he probably had the option to drive his cars. Now, he, I'm sure he's not allowed to. You know what I mean? Oh, no. Back, no, no, no. back then, he could just get into one of his cars and drive for a little bit, which is honestly... At night, you, yeah, you get home from work, kind of feel like taking the Ferrari out or something. Yeah, I can see it. It's a freeing feeling. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure there's a little bit of... Donald Trump's freedoms probably aren't nearly what they were, so I could totally see how you missed that. But given what this man, President Trump, has said into a microphone, these comments don't even seem 
all that out of line, but if you think about them, they kind of are. They asked him about his previous life, and he said, look, I love my previous life. I had so many things going on, Trump told Reuters. He says, this is more work than in my previous life. Well, yeah, I would hope so. Now, not that his previous, I mean, dude, the guy ran multiple businesses. That would had to be a lot of work, okay? But you can delegate. You can do a lot of that. We're president. It's kind of like on you, right? You kind of have to make the decision. You kind of have to be there. And he says this. I thought it would be easier. This is like when he came out and said, who knew healthcare would be so hard? And I said, well, I did because I can add. And I know how many people there are and about what it costs to cover people. Of course, that was going to be tough. This is one of those moments. And I was no, like, lover of President Obama. I voted for him, but I wasn't like, it's him or nobody else. But if Obama had come out and said, guys, I got to tell you, man, this job's really hard. I thought this was going to be a lot easier than it is. You would have murdered him for it. The media would have murdered him for it. Twitter would have murdered him for it. And rightfully so, dude. Like, yeah, it was going to be a really hard job. Like, what if did, you didn't think that. What do you mean you thought this was going to be easier? Easier? To say to say that I didn't realize how hard this was going to be. Or that you can't understand the scope of this until you're in the office. Those are inbounds. Right, right. But phrasing matters. Does it? Does it? Up until last year, phrasing mattered. (laughs) Now, I want you to understand, because people, like, the moment you look into anything this guy says, people then just say, you're a Trump hater. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to remind all of you that I was the guy. When he announced that he was running for president, I said, dude, that's the guy that's going to come out of the Republican Party. I'm not a Trump hater. I'm a realist. And I understood, and I, what did I always say? Now, I thought Hillary was going to win in the end because that's what the math told me, and I chose to, tr- you know, to trust the math. But I kept saying along the election cycle, he's got a great shot because he understands America better than America understands him, and I maintain that that's still true. But if any other president, don't even, fine, not Obama. Let's say Hillary had won, and she had said this, oh, the locker-ups would have oh. been out there in, like, full like full force. I mean, on a million different fronts, if she would have said this, if there was the nepotism claims, if there was the the Russian ties, if there was the million different things that, that are, you know, currently associated with the president, if those were on Shutting either... Shutting down of the EPA website. If those were either on Hillary or, or Obama, yeah, of course it would be a completely different song getting sang. But now, at the end of the day, depending on whether you're on the winning or losing team is going to change whether you're cheering or you're booing. Oh, and I, and I, I, I understand that. I've tried to... As this presidency is is unfolded itself, I really have tried to not be a hater. I've tried to be logical about things. I've tried to give the benefit of the doubt and tried to give chances where chances are due. But I just don't understand how today, day 99 of the Trump presidency, I don't understand how some people are like, yeah, everything's going perfect. Like, okay, you don't think it's a, you know, I'm not the liberal on the left. Like, everything he does is a Nazi. That's a Nazi. That's not who I am at all. That's not who I am. But if you're watching this objectively, if you're watching this and really, like, as a third party in this, and you don't see serious, serious issues, I got to question your judgment. You know what that is? It's that people, as long as it's not a tragedy for them, it's not a tragedy. I guess. And that's the way people look at it. 
all people. You know, he goes on to say that the driving is really the part that he misses. And I think it's because he, he realizes what he had said. And was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta like turn this back around. It's gotta get, let's get back to the car issue versus the I didn't know this was gonna be hard thing. Like, it, it's the leader of the free world. What do you mean you thought that that was going to be easier? It just speak. You know what it speaks to, honestly, is the ego. Yeah, ego. It speaks to the ego of, well, I'm this guy. I'm Donald Trump. Nothing. There's nothing I can't do. And, and a fundamental misunderstanding of how being the president works. I think there's ego and I think there's a little bit of ignorance that like you had to you had to learn that like you don't get a magic wand and trying to get the Senate and the House to play along with you. That's where a lot of the work comes in. Dude. It's like wrangling cats. Yeah. I mean, you just don't get to you just don't get to. All right. You're fired. That's not how it works. It's how it worked on The Apprentice, but that's not how it works in America. I just, when I read that, I was like, oh my God, this won't even be news. No. Like, this won't even be, this won't even be tweeted out. Nobody will even examine this. And partially because of all the other crazy things that the guy has said. I, as somebody who regularly follows politics, dude, the amount of like, what, 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 what? Like, my head is just spinning, just constant whiplash, dude, right. left and right. What's happening now? What? Where, what did you say about China? They were raping us. Now they're not raping us. Now they're our friend. What? Healthcare? What? No? No healthcare? Yes, healthcare. Taxes, maybe? Who knows? Well, dude, remember it was like NATO, too. He didn't totally understand that. Now nah, they're obsolete. Nope, they're not obsolete. He didn't totally understand that. NAFTA, screw it. Actually, NAFTA, not that bad. Maybe we'll keep it. Maybe we'll negotiate it. It's like, dude, and I guess that really does go to show you. I think when he started this entire thing, I don't think he had any like real thought that I'm going to be president. I think this all started out as, screw you, you're going to tell me I can't do this? I'm going to do it. And it turned into, oh my God, this is happening, to, oh my God, I'm the president, to, damn, this is a really, really hard job. 100 days it took. Dude, is Obama laughing his ass off at quotes like that? Like, he has to be, right? Like, dude, you you called me incompetent for eight years. You told everybody I had no idea what I was doing. I left you the country in better shape than when I received it when I became president. That's what most people say. Both sides of the aisle say that. That Donald Trump inherited a country in better shape than what Obama got. Both sides of the aisle, experts say that. All right, there's a million different ways to look at it. I'm sure you can point out, like, no, because Trump had to deal with this. And, like, we could go back and forth forever. But what did I say during the the election cycle? That 87% of you, your financial life was better at the end of that eight years than it was before it. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Right? I mean, that's what the math was, is that 87% of the country was in better financial shape than before he took office. Right? I mean, dude, as a guy who was critical of Obama, you can't just hate him for everything. No, you can't just hate and Trump I can't for just everything hate too. for Trump for everything either, uh-uh, right? Uh-uh, no. uh-uh. I've tried so hard, dude. I know. I've yeah. put so much effort know, into yeah. that. As uh- a matter of fact, I wanted to talk about this. Pantone was like, "Dude, don't do <laughs> no, this. Don't, don't do it. Don't. They love him. You're only putting us at risk." But here's the thing: I can't avoid stuff like this when the leader of the free world says, "I didn't know this was going to be hard." I can take an eighth grader and say, "Is president <laughs> is being president hard?" And they're all going to say, yeah. "Yeah, but it is." It's tough, dude. That's all. That's all. Worth noting. Uh, 
May 2nd, Tuesday, uh, election in Stark County. So local politics happening. You don't have to freak out about Trump or Obama. You can just go vote in an election May 2nd. There you go. All right, let's let's win you all back on our side. I'll get you all back. Let's give somebody $1,000 and smooth over the, you hate Trump just to hate him. We don't, okay? But to saying that he didn't know the president, being president was going to be hard, that's a little ridiculous. You know what I mean? That's a little ridiculous. We'll give you guys $1,000 to make up for it next on Rock 106. show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, 9.30. We'll talk to adult superstar Dillian Harper. She's in town at the Diamond Royale Club. Also, 8.20 this morning, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on the draft. And people are all over me, Fantone, about the Trubisky thing. Okay. Stansbury, you're an idiot. We should have taken Trubisky. Look, the Bears know what they're doing. They traded up. They got him. They want. They wanted him, and they got him. Look, see, everybody was trading up to take the quarterbacks. We didn't take a quarterback. We could have taken Watson at 12. Houston moved up to take him. You're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. We needed one of these two quarterbacks. And my response to you would be this. If you were fine with either one of those quarterbacks being added to your roster, then neither one of them are the guy. You want that guy or nobody else when it comes to quarterback, right? Like, when, like I always go back to this draft. When it was Andrew Luck or Robert Griffin III, it was, give me Andrew Luck. Uh, yes, I know what you're saying, but I think what you get into there, though, is often it's like, well, you know, the perfect is the enemy of the great. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to wait for perfect situations. You're going to wait for this perfect player to come along, and you're going to never have a quarterback. You're going to have fair. dudes. You're going to have dudes that are just band aids for the rest of 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 the run. This roster can't afford a first round bus QB. Can't afford it. Can't afford it. Definitely couldn't afford a number one overall bust. What's the difference? I've never understood the difference there. There is no such thing as the guy who, if you like him at 12, then he's great at one. I disagree. I disagree with that. Well, but the math doesn't. Like, look at the court. Show me the quarterback that went 22 that you would would give back. Like or or, or th- that you would take again at twenty? They're, they're not there. Well, obviously, obviously, with like hindsight, you can say that like, well, this guy panned out and this guy did not. Therefore, he was worth it. But when you're sitting there talking about potential, you know, the, the future of these guys, which we aren't aware of, I can see how there's more risk involved at one than there is twelve. There's more perceived risk at the end, and and that's audience stuff. That's fan base stuff. At the end of the day, if the guy's going to bust, he's going to bust at 22 or he's going to bust at one. And so at the it, for me, it, it, it's the same thing. It, it's, it's the same exact thing. You're, you either can play in the league or you can't. And so no matter where we take you, if we like you, then you were worth the take. I'm not sure. Like, now, look, you can't be paralyzed by guys that you wanted having some success. You can't be worried about it. Is Trubisky going to be okay? Probably. Is Deshaun Watson going to a really good situation in the Houston Texans? Yes. But again, and this is what kills me, is Watson's going to look good playing for Houston and everybody's going to go, see, Brown screwed it up. Where you didn't have that team. You didn't have that team. They were winning playoff games without their best player, J.J. Watt. <laughs> Dude, you know what I mean? Like That's a different thing. Do you not have that team because you don't, you don't pull the trigger on these dudes is I mean is if, if you would have had if you would have taken that guy then you start to have that team I think you know it, do Bill O'Brien's been there a few years it's like they're a playoff contending team they would have beaten New England last year if they were even competent at quarterback if you put us on the well we did we played New England we weren't even close 
So I think that kind of goes to show you. In a regular season game, we weren't even close. In a playoff game, Houston had him beat, and they let him back up off the mat because Osweiler couldn't make plays late in the game. And so, like, they're a quarterback away. The Cleveland Browns were not a quarterback away. You do got to take one, and I want one, and you do need a franchise guy. But I think what they're doing, and I've and I'll talk. We'll talk to Scott about this from waitingfornextyear.com at eight twenty. I personally think what they're doing is trying to add to this roster to make it an appealing landing spot for a trade situation quarterback versus a guy telling his agent, "No way, I'm not going there." I absolutely refuse to go there. I think they're trying to make it as appealing as they possibly can for a trade type situation, and I'm okay with that. And I think that they're probably looking at next year's draft, which is deeper at quarterback than this one is, as the place maybe to draft the future of the franchise. And I can't knock it. I can't knock it. At the end of the day, we got Miles Garrett. Amazing. Has the potential to be amazing. Jabril Proppers, the drug issue. And again, I don't care if dudes smoke weed, but you're going to get 12 tests a month. Sooner or later, that's costing us four games. I don't care what anybody tells me. You can talk to me about, well, you know, he's just drinking more water to dilute the sample. If Fantone pointed this out to me this morning. If your kid came home with that excuse, what are you, are you buying it? Are you, are you buying that out of your, t- out of your teenager? No. Then why am I buying it out of Jabril Proppers out of Michigan? Why am I buying it from him? And then you get the tight end, which, again, is going to be a big, huge target for a— and tight ends are great for quarterbacks who aren't solidified yet because they're big targets and you hit them at shorter distances. I'm all for it. be interesting to see what happens with Gary Barnage. If, any, if there's any player on the team that I'm like, all right, well, we've kind of got that position a little locked up. It would be tight end. For them to pick them, pick up a tight end in the, in the, in the first round was a little bit like, well, what's going to happen to Gary? It's, yeah, it'll be—that's a question. But I, I'm not sure Gary Barnage is so good that you don't draft the position. He's good. I'm not so sure that you don't plan for the future at that position. And like I said, I think tight ends help early quarterbacks. They help quarterbacks in new situations, and they help rookie court. I don't know if we're, we're I mean, we end up, we might end up picking one in the second round. You never know. But I'm perfectly okay with everything they did last night. I, I, I just, you know, I think. The Browns have been so bad that we're all, and I'll raise my hand here too because I'm guilty of this too, of no matter what they do now, we just think it's dumb. Because, well, of course, it's the Browns. It has to be dumb. And I'm not sure what they did last night was dumb. Actually, I'm very excited about what they did last night. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com about that at 820, but we're going to get you hooked up with this $1,000 right now. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, 930. We'll talk to adult superstar Dylan Harper as she's in town at the uh, Diamond Rail Club tonight and tomorrow. Pretty interesting, that girl. Man. She's kind of like skyrocketed in that business recently. So we'll talk to her around 930. Aubrey writes in and says, Stansbury, I love the show. I listen every morning on my way to work. However, the squeaking in your studio has been like nails on a chalkboard. I don't know if it's a bad mic or chair that needs greased up or what, but Jesus, tap dancing Christ. Please make it stop. Thank you. Aubrey, I agree. It's it's a combination of both mic stands and Fantone's chair that kind of squeaks. And we're uh we're making some improvements around the building. And I've been told that the uh, the next point of focus will be on some of that stuff happening in here. But maybe what I'll do is I'll just run to the hardware store and get WD-40 in the meantime. Just lube it all up. Just get it. Just, I get don't. It, just get it lubed up. I, I don't know, dude. You say lube and I worry. <laughs> I do. I just worry. Just, I don't like it. Makes me nervous. But Aubrey, we appreciate you listening. We'll try to work on that. 
So there's a 911 call that kind of went viral uh, around the area because uh, a man from Bath Township did something crazy. He called the cops to report a theft from his girlfriend and didn't realize that he was going to get himself in trouble for making this call. Let's take a listen to that. Bath Township man in trouble with the law after calling police to report a theft. What's going on there? I'm trying to stop her from leaving. Okay, well, what, why are you trying to put that in? She stole heroin from me. Well, yes, that caller is this man, 20-year-old Joseph Murphy, reporting that his girlfriend had stolen heroin from him back in January. The newly released 911 call reveals that he says it was heroin, but police body camera video later shows him saying that she took money. Murphy later pulls out a substance from his pants in this video as he was taken into custody. He was arrested again just last week after being involved in a crash while driving drunk, according to police. Dear God. Yeah, thank God we're getting him off the street. We got some problems there. Now, here's what people are going to do. People who have never done hardcore drugs are going to say, what an idiot, I can't believe you would call the cops for that. But that's the problem with these drugs, is that they alter your reality. And, again, I've been a little candid about the fact that once upon a time I worked with a heroin addict. And addicts kind of want you, they want to bring you down with them because they don't want you questioning their use. So he kind of was like into getting me to try like oxys with him and do some stuff like that. Right. And I ended up doing some of that. And what happened was, is there, there were days, weeks sometimes on end where I didn't know stuff where I was like, when, when, when I came out of it, all of it, I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did that because it alters your reality. You cha- it changes who you are. It changes your soul, essentially, those drugs. That's why they're no good. It's why you got, you got to stay away from them. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely a level of stupidity, but, like, there's also a level of yes. desperation that people just don't understand. And, like, the concept of your heroin walking out the door, that is an emergency to a heroin addict. Right. Like, that is as important as anything on the face of the planet. Um, I- I'm surprised he called the cops, though. I'm surprised that didn't turn into, like... I, like I'm going to attack her. I'm going to punch her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is actually best case scenario. Call the cops, bit, get yourself yeah. in trouble. And you know what I mean? We take you off the street and all that versus somebody else getting hurt. I, uh, but this stuff, it, it changes your thinking, your memory. Like you lose days, you lose time. And I mean, I, I don't think there's a, a better example of of that being in place than you see how many parents will just neglect their children, will pass out, will shoot heroin in the car with their kids. Right. And if you if your if your maternal instincts are overran by a drug, you know it's pretty goddamn strong. I heard yesterday that drugged driving is now has now passed drinking and driving as the big threat in America today. I saw that yesterday, too, and at first I was a little surprised because of the availability of alcohol. Right. You know what I mean? Everyone can buy alcohol. You can buy it on any any store, any restaurant, any anything. But, there's drive throughs for, right. for God's sakes. But, I mean, at least there's a... A concentrated effort against drinking and driving, where if, if if you are a, I don't want to say responsible drunk, but if you're a responsible drinker, you can still partake in the in the in the festivities without necessarily driving your car. If you're a heroin user, if you're a heavy drug user, you don't care. There is no concentrated effort. You're not worried about the concept of a DUI. Right. With alcohol, you can go to dinner and say, I'm going to have one glass of wine versus drinking a bottle of wine at dinner. You know what I mean? You'll make a decision like that. 
And you got to think, too, for a lot of people, when you live in a smaller town and you're addicted to drugs, if you don't have that drug easily available to you, you're going to drive for it. You're going to come to the city. You're going to come to Canton. Oh, you're God. Come, yeah. you know, or you're going to go yeah. to a bigger city. You're going to go you know, you're gonna go to Akron. You're going to go to Cleveland. And you're going to have to drive back home high. That's why they uh, they keep changing the terminology. I talked about this with distracted driving the other day. They don't call it texting and driving anymore. They call it distracted driving because that's a large umbrella. And they're calling this now impaired driving so they can throw alcohol and drugs under one right. big umbrella. And I'm not knocking it. I'm just telling you what's happening because that's what needs to happen. And obviously, you know, we're talking about heroin. We're talking about pills. We're talking about, you know, hard, quote unquote, hard drugs. Um, but I think you and I can both agree and have, have said on this show before, dude. Weed counts in this. Oh, yeah, it does. Weed counts in Quit this. Quit telling people you're a better driver when better, you smoke man, weed. man, but I'm better when I do I'm so focused. No, you're not. So focused. You're not a better driver when you smoke weed. Now, do I maintain that people who use marijuana on a regular basis are probably less likely to get in an accident if they have smoked a joint versus drank a bunch of beer? I'm going to say yes. I don't know what the science will tell you. I'm going to say, knowing people in my life, I say yes. That does not then mean, though, automatically, that driving while stoned is safe. That doesn't mean that. I mean, some people are going to be better at texting and driving. Doesn't mean you should be doing it. Alcoholics are going to be better at drinking and driving than than I would be because I don't do that on a daily basis. Does not make it a good idea. Idea. No, it's a bad idea. It is a terrible idea. Speaking dude. of the drugs. That's all we do. And for those of you that find Matthew Fantone to be annoying, yeah. you may want to just leave now. Okay. Because he's going to be wildly annoying during this. All right. Is somebody has examined drug references in music. All right. Okay. Now they say that between, now this is a huge piece of time here between 70 1970 and 2000 was like the height of drug references in music okay and so they were looking to see are drug references in music getting worse and it turns out no it actually peaked between 1970 and the mid 2000s okay that's a big stretch there that's a huge stretch that's, exactly yeah, that's, a stretch. that's a huge stretch okay so they started asking people what they thought the music genres with the most drug references in them would be. Not surprising, rap and hip hop came back number one from from, from people's answers. Right. And then it moved into the rock category. Right. Okay. I see where those assumptions come from. I do too. That's what they're kind of known for. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll is part of it. Yeah. yeah. That's been the same saying. They forever. Talk, they talk about that one. It turns out Country music has the most illegal drug references in their songs. Average number of occurrences. Rap comes in at 0.8 references for drugs. Country, 1.6 mentions of illegal drug use in their songs. Now, I don't know. I don't know if I buy it. I don't know if I do either. Because I listen to a lot of hip hop, I listen to a lot of rock, and I listen to a lot of country music. I notice this in rock music. I notice this in in hip hop music. I don't notice this in country music. Now, we've made the the observation that like take a Jason Aldean song, that chilling on a dirt road, I forget the actual name of it, whatever, that might be the name of it. 
But he's talking about driving on a back road. He's got a cold beer in the console. Literally saying to you, I'm driving down the road, drunk as hell. Now, he does say smoke rolling out the window. And now I've always kind of taken that to mean joint since Colt Ford wrote the song. Uh, along with, you know, what's his name? And uh, so, like, I've always kind of taken that to mean joint, but they don't say it. What are you, hotboxing with a cigarette? You, 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 right. you, you're blazing your truck bed out or your truck your right. truck cab out with a, with a cigarette? So, Come I mean, out. the guy's, like, flat out telling you, I'm drinking and driving down this road because it don't matter because it's gravel, bro. And right. I don't even have lines in it. And there ain't cops for 300 miles, man. We're going to drink and drive on this back road. And that, I mean, that, that's perfectly okay. And yet, if Godsmack came out with a pro-drinking and driving song, you would murder them. Yes. Yes. And you should. Yes. <laughs> you should a little bit. <laughs> I was shocked to see this. I, I, I think there's at least a couple of different... I, number one, I almost feel like I want to say fake news. I feel like this is some Is that sort of, right? Well, I mean, like, it, it seems... It's, oh, wow. I thought you were going to be all up on your anti-country it, hill. It seems illogical to me. I mean, I also listen to a lot of different kinds of music, and I just, you know, maybe it's more a more subtle reference, but in, in rap music's a little more, more in your face. But, like... <laughs> Are we factoring in that this started in 1970 and ends in 2000? And when we think about that's that, just when it spiked. But when we think about that, from 1970 to arguably the mid 80s, rap music barely existed. Barely existed. And if it did exist, it existed in a very underground forum. Like you didn't really have 1970s rap songs when Willie Nelson was doing like, all right, that's when the that's when the drug days were happening. It's the B ba to the hippity ha. Right. It wasn't and, it wasn't what hip hop is now, right? And and I mean, you know, that that rapper's delight style of rapping, especially in the beginning, they kept it in that cheesy, like, because they didn't want to be too dangerous. They wanted it to be digestible at least. You know what I'm saying? So I I feel like they're at least you got to factor in because I would assume after 1990 these numbers flip on their head, dude. Once you get into once you get after NWA era of rap music, once you get into like you know the CNN of the streets, once you start getting into that, it never even turned back. I mean, you start you, you, you go NWA and probably I don't know like Garth Brooks and Travis Tritt at that time. Those guys took things in different directions. They say here in the article that early 70s country was littered with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's and they I... do say this in that article. And they um, they look at the drugs themselves mentioned in songs. Percentage of total occurrences in songs. Ecstasy comes in at just under 10%. Heroin's at around 10%. And again, I bet heroin would be higher if people knew that's what they were talking about in certain songs. In rock music in particular. I mean, dude, it took people 15 years to realize America was talking about that when in that song. I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. That song's about being high on heroin. And it took people 20 years to figure that out. Meth came in at around 15%. Pills at around, again, 15%. Weed, obviously, the big overcomer here. 30% is is how many times, is the percentage of total occurrences in popular music. But you're right. After the 90s, and you start getting into the chronic and, you know, move then, like the the pro-weed movement in hip-hop is definitely going to change those numbers. And once bro country, or once country became bro country, became a little bit safer, a little bit less dangerous, a little bit less outlaw, I mean, I would assume their numbers dive and rap music spikes. Brian writes in and says, in that Jason L. Dean song, he says, King in the Can and the Marlboro Man. Pretty sure that smoke is cigarette related. Okay. You can explain that one away. Still, though, I'm telling you right now, 
if Little John or whoever the rapper is of today was out there with like a pro, like I'm driving down the street and drinking song, people are going to have an issue with it. But because it's Jason Aldean, we look at it like, ah, yeah, he's probably not going to kill anybody doing that. You know what I mean? And like you look at this and they ask people, what do you think the music format is that talks about drugs the most? What do people say? Hip hop. Because what do people think in their mind when they're answering that question? These black rappers. Scary. <laughs> these bl- so scary. These black rappers always, you know, dropping Swisher sweets packages on the ground. I see them every time I'm walking out of the convenience store smoking their jazz lettuce. That's what you're <laughs> thinking. But it turns out that these country artists are every bit the drug addict and alcoholic that, that, these, that these rappers are. So dial down the rhetoric. You're going to be just fine. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 8.10 this morning. You get hooked up with another $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. Your next keyword happens at 8.10. 8.20, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on the draft. And then 9.20 this morning, we'll talk to adult superstar Dylan Harper as she's in town at the Diamond Royale Club tonight and tomorrow. I want to pat you on the back really quickly. Oh, okay. Good job not doing the David Draymond dance during Disturbed. I think this is the first time we've played that in a while that you didn't do the David Draymond I <laughs> Now, I want to make this abundantly clear. I enjoy listening to Disturbed. Okay? They're okay. For a radio rock band, they're pretty good. Okay? But he is literally the least appealing human to grab a microphone and front a band in the history of popular music. He looks like an idiot. Like an idiot. Like, David Draymond is the reason we have no shoes, no shirt, no service signs in America. Because that guy just wears that awful leather vest and he just gets those meat nipples flapping around back and forth as he shimmies. It's so bad. It's so bad. He has the worst moves as a frontman. It's always just like takes his like two arms and just goes back and forth. Look, and I scrunch up my face because I rock, man. I rock. These two fists get the ten thousand of them started in the air. He's such a douche. He is. Their music's not terrible. As far as radio rock bands go, you could do way worse than Disturbed. But David Draymond is a douche. I'm just here to tell you. It's my favorite band. The Stansbury doesn't like them, so now I'm never listening ever again. I can, dude, I can already hear the tweets. Type them away. Type away. Why'd you get me into this? I don't know. I just because you didn't do the shimmy. Usually at some point during Down with the Sickness, Stansbury will do the, the, what is it? The the beef ditch? (laughs) (laughs) Here's why. We've now gone from never playing Disturbed to playing Down With The Sickness every single day. I can't do the dance every single day. Can't do it. Gets tired out. No, I get worn out from doing it. You know, the draft is all anybody's talking about today, and it made me realize, um, or made me remember, rather, something that I had once said on this program that was wildly unpopular, given uh, how how big... um, like high school football is in this area. Okay. Star County is huge for high school football. And I once said on the air, I would not let, I, I, that I would be uncomfortable allowing my sons that I don't have, I don't have children, I would be uncomfortable letting my sons play football today knowing what we know. Yeah. I mean, I played football in high school and I, I, I definitely look back at that and remember that as like fun times. I'm glad I did it, but there would be a serious like 
point of pause for me if my kids were like, hey, it's, I, Dad, I want to play football. I said, ultimately, I would probably let my kids play, but I would be sitting there, fingers crossed, like, ah, dude, let's go with basketball, maybe a little golf, tennis maybe, let's do that. But if they really wanted to play football, I would probably allow them to do it, but I would be uncomfortable with it. You've got this this double-edged sword when it comes to football in, 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 in high school and maybe even prior to that is where like there's a part of me that's like, well, the earlier you start them and get them involved, the better they can learn and will be safer throughout their career of playing football. But it's also like, well, dude, I'm not putting my seven-year-old out there to get lit up. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't want my seven-year-old dealing with head trauma. Like I, I would agree with that. I don't know if it's any better at 17 when you're a junior in high school, but at least there's like, dude, little kids, you don't want them getting their bell rung. The reason why I bring this up is that Joe Thomas, Browns player, says he knows already that he is experiencing memory loss. And he said something in the article that I thought was very interesting. He said, I don't know if it's that I'm 32 and I'm just not 21 anymore, or if it's due to football. Joe Thomas, it's due to football. Yeah, bro. It's due to football. Yeah. It's at 32, you should not be experiencing memory loss. Unless you have some sort of like early Alzheimer's coming on or something like that there. But that's. that's, When I read that, I was like, oh my God, he doesn't know that. Like, because how would you know? I mean, he's a football player. He doesn't know what most. Although, I mean, you're obviously (sighs) friends with 32 year old people who aren't playing football, right? Yeah, you have family and friends and and you know people. So, ah, dude, it's. And it's not like. I mean, Joe Thomas isn't like a, a chronic marijuana user, so he can't be like, dude, I don't know if it's smoking weed or if it's if it's me being 33. Like, dude, you are it's that is definitely a result of brain trauma. Yeah, what else would it be exactly. I mean, dude, the marijuana memory loss thing is where are my keys? It's not like you don't remember like moments from your life, like from what I hear from like CTE and like memory loss that kind of comes from football. And obviously, you know, the offensive line position is one of like the head cracking positions. You've got, All you do is bang heads. You've got contact on every single play. Um, so, I, dude, I honestly feel terrible for Joe Thomas. Number one, because he's been on, his, on the Browns his entire career and he's going to have to retire a Brown. But I mean, number two, like 30, Super Bowl 30, 32 years old. That's younger than me. That's that's younger than right. me, and and this guy's losing his memory already, man. I'm telling you. I mean, there's this other story. Do you see this? Where this like former football players, like dude, he's got like yellow notebooks that he keeps with him, and yeah. like and like yellow notes that he keeps with him at all times. Says he can remember high school and college, but he can't remember yesterday to save his life. Wow. That's crazy to that me. That is. Played two years in the NFL. Two. That is. And I, I mean, I, I have to wonder. I mean, well, two years in the NFL, but how many concussions prior to that? Because oh, yeah. concussions yeah. don't care whether that came from a college. Kid. Right, 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 right. I mean, I, I, I have, I've been diagnosed with two concussions in my life. And have like, you? Yeah, and there's a little bit of concern there where it's like, and I, 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 if you ask me, I bet you I've had four or five, but there's a little bit of concern there where like, dude, I've, how'd you get those? I've banged my head around a lot, um, mostly like sports. Things like I can remember playing JV football, and I think I was I was a sophomore, and I remember it was Copley. We were playing Copley, and it was just really hot day, and I got lit up, man. And later on the on the bus ride home, I, dude, I'm just bleh, puking and Throwing just like, up? oh yeah, dude, it was awful. Like it was, Ooh. it was, I mean, real bad, and just you know, just uh, different different head banging activities. But I, I I can only imagine being an NFL player, 32 years old, and how terrifying that would be, not knowing what you just did. Uh, you know, the, the the listeners are saying he's being a little overdramatic because the example he gave was going to the grocery store and forgetting what he went there for. Yeah, I mean, you can be busy in your life and kind of forget that. 
I think he's just giving you an example off the top of his head. If, if if he's talking about this, it's because he's worried about what's going to happen to him later in life. You know, you know the difference, though. You know what right. I mean? Like, I know what it's like to go somewhere and be like, "Oh, wait, what did I come into this room for? Why am, but, where am I going right but now?" But that's that's different than I, I think what he's dealing with. And I know in this article he talked about how he was, you know, it was worth it to him. How considering that, you know, the fam or the 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 money he's made and the I was going to say he's presented to his family, it's worth it to him. I was going to say that I know a lot of the guys view like, you know, transformative wealth as being worth it. Does your wife think it? Does your kid think it? That's the thing. You know what I mean? It's like, and and, and like, if it was like, oh, dude, dad blew his knee out playing football and he's going to be in a wheelchair the rest of his life. Yeah, dude. Then, you know, a hundred million dollars. It's like, all right, dude, you're going to be in a wheelchair. You're alive. We love you. You're here for Christmas. But when it comes to your brain, when it comes to, I mean, like Junior Seau, like who turns into this abusive person and then ends up killing himself. Killed himself, right? That ain't worth it to that family. I can tell you that. Yeah, I... And I remember when I said, I'm not sure I would let my sons play football, and guys called me a sissy for weeks on end. But I'm telling you, man, like I don't know if I would put my kids out there in that, in, in that system. I'm not sure I would. Now, I know they're changing practices, and the helmets are better than ever, and all this stuff. But the chances are, my kid's not going to go pro. Phantom played high school football, got two concussions. He didn't go pro, not no, even close. Didn't even, get, didn't even get close <laughs> to playing college. I mean, dude, were colleges even looking at you? No, no, no. I mean, especially It was just I- something you did to get through four years of high school right yeah yeah exactly what it was and you got a bunch of concussions and dude i don't know if i want that dude if my kid gets a concussion i want it from me <laughs> smacking him for doing something he wasn't supposed to do not helmet to helmet you will get you hooked up with a thousand dollars next with rock 1069's workday double pay on canton's rock station rock 1069 welcome back to the sansbury show on rock 1069 9:30. we'll talk to uh, dylan harper adult superstar as she's in town tonight tomorrow diamond rail club Interested to speak with her. Diamond doing things. Around 8.30, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com about the draft as well. I saw this yesterday, and I don't know why anybody's surprised about this. Also, your $1,000 right around the corner. But I saw this, and I don't know why anybody's shocked about this. And they examined when the best time of the week to buy gas is. And surprise, Thursday and Friday are the worst. Well, yeah, you're gearing up for the weekend. They know you're going to be driving around, going to do what you want to do. Gas prices are going to go up. And they say over the last like five, six years that the best day to buy gas is Monday. Well, yeah, beginning of the week. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I don't understand why people are shocked to find this out that when they know you're going to be driving around doing what it is you want to do, going back and forth to the stores and the stuff, you're going to be out more likely to stop and probably buy gas that they're going to raise the prices. I think I'm more likely probably to fill up at the beginning of the week just because Sunday or Monday, just because I'm like, all right, the week's coming up. Uh, really? Yeah, probably, because I think I do most of my driving during the week. Now, do you believe that that's indicative of most people or just you? Because I um, think that that's you. I think once you're a family and you got kids, you're driving around all weekend, different you know, birthday parties and things and that, and like practices and all that stuff. I think the weekends are probably heavily driven for most people who work like long-hour jobs. Yeah, and I guess I am looking at it from uh, getting out of work at 11 o'clock. You right. know what I mean? So it's probably a different a different situation for, for most nice people out that, there. By the way? It's the best part of our job, dude, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> 
think of all the good parts of our job, that certainly is the best one. Um, I um, I've, that kind of makes me scratch my head, and it goes into radio here. Is that oftentimes um, radio stations treat the weekends like eh, whatever? Nobody's listening. Nobody's there. That's it's crazy, like, dude. Tons of people are in their car on the right. weekends, like tons of them. And honestly, our boss recognizes that, and that's why he put the best of show on on Saturday morning. We do run a four hour best of show, six to ten. I don't know if people, maybe people don't know that, but like, um, you know, we take the best of like this week and you know previous weeks, and we'll put it on for you six to ten on Saturday. And that's one of the things he said to me. He goes, "Are you opposed to this?" And I said, "No, not at all." And I said, "Like, first of all, why are you asking me? Like, you would give me a choice." Right, all, I'm opposed. Right. We all know you're not really giving me the choice. Stop giving me the illusion of choice. Just tell me what to do because that's what you're doing. And um, you know, he's like, "You know, I'm not going to compensate for him." Do you're not compensating me for the for the show during the week? Nobody expected you to pay me for Saturday. You know what I mean? But that was one of the reasons why we did that. But I, you know, it's just like how you know. Oh my God, gas is going to be more expensive around Memorial Day? Yeah, because you're all driving back and forth. So, of course, around big holidays and, of course, around the weekend when you're going to be driving around, I don't know why people are shocked to find that out. They say Thursday, though, is by far the the worst day to buy gas per week. Now, I'll say this. I have always said that one of the best parts about having a decent job is that I don't even know what gas costs. Like, they say gas prices are higher right now than they were at this point last year. I have no idea if that's true or not. Oh. I never pay attention. I, I'm still like, all right, that BP, it's 249. All right, I know the get goes 246. What's really? that speedway right there? Yeah, even it's just one. I think it's one of, it's probably one of those leftover habits from being poor where I'm just like. You're I'm also a, a couponer and I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'm just a more frugal person, I guess. Yeah, you really are. Um, but luckily, like, I, you know, I work the two jobs there and, uh, you know, I know you do too, but the charge is kind of you know, not in action right now, but like, that's part of that f- thing for me. But I am also more likely to, to go to do a grocery store and not pay attention to the prices of things and just buy what I want versus like bargain shops. Stan's very big baller over there, dude. I buy name brand groceries. Yeah. I fill, <laughs> I fill up my gas tank and I have Kraft macaroni and cheese, big baller brand, LeVar ball. Get me signed up. I can handle it. You know what? You don't have to worry about money anymore either because we're giving you $1,000 right now. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. Win yourself $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay at 910 this morning. We'll give you your next keyword. Then 920, we'll talk to adult superstar Dylan Harper as she's in town tonight, tomorrow, at the Diamond Royale Club. Normally joining us Mondays at 8 a.m., is Scott from winningfornextyear.com, but since the draft started last night, he has made his schedule available to us, and he's joining us uh, live this morning. Scott, how are you, buddy? Doing well, my friend. How are you? All right, I'm doing great. And um, I, I, I'll, I don't know if you saw any of my tweets or if you've been listening to the show that, yet this morning, but I'm all in on what the Browns did last night. I, um, I feel like what they are doing, and maybe I'm wrong about this, is at least bolstering the roster enough to make it attractive to a trade situation for a quarterback to where that quarterback's like nah, telling his agent, no, 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 not there. But you get Garrett and you get Peppers who can play both sides of the ball and say, hey, we're going to keep you in games. Now here's a big tight end target for you to get. And I don't understand why people are so upset with what's going on. For six months leading up to this draft, it was neither one of these quarterbacks are good enough to reach, don't reach, don't reach, don't reach. They trade the 12th pick, and now everybody wants to burn their Browns jerseys in on the corner of East 4th Street, and I just can't for the life of me figure it out. I think a lot of people wanted uh, Malik Hooker at 12. Uh, okay. It makes a lot of sense uh, on paper. Um, you know, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of speculation that he could go before Jamal Adams, who was one of the uh, 
top five pick and the hooker, obviously Ohio state. And we saw a lot, we got to see him play every Saturday, but the way he fell all the way to Indy makes me think there's a little more to his either injury story or something just didn't chart right. Or I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of information we don't get as fans. So I could see a lot of people were, who would be upset. Um, you know, and then OJ Howard, was an option who is still who's still on the board, um, you know, and I, so I could see people wanting that. I wanted OJ Howard. I but did. anytime someone swings you another first round pick, <laughs> you know, they're gonna they are going to jump all over it. And if if they feel that the the drop off between what's there and what they can get with the next pick is is not as bad as a as a first round pick, much like they did with Philly last year. Uh, they like this Njoku kid. They 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 think his his ability to be a playmaker within that offense um, is 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 something that it was definitely worthy of of moving down to take. Um, you know, there's a lot of or I'm sorry, Peppers was the pick there, and then Njoku right. was there. At the, they traded back up for him. Um, you know, so they they still got their playmakers on on both sides there. So I mean, it's tough to be mad at at what happened. I know they want people want a quarterback, but you know, you saw Chicago make a boneheaded move, boneheaded, and 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 Got trade robbed. just to go up one one spot when when San Fran wasn't going to take it. Um, that's that's a move the Browns would have made a couple of years ago, in 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 trading up one spot just out of fear. Um, you know, so they 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 play. I think they just played their board the way it fell, and I think that if you had, I mean, they were happy last year. Don't get me wrong. But if you ask anybody in that building, they're very, very happy with the way things unfolded last night. Yeah, I think yesterday when, when the Bears moved up and, and it was announced that Trubisky was going, I could almost feel Northeast Ohio just, like, it, there were people that wanted the kid, no question about it. But the fact that they didn't move up and make that mistake, I think you could just, like, at least see a little bit of the turning of the tide for the for the Browns there. Um, when, when we talk about what the Browns did walk away with, and we talk about the number one draft pick, Miles Garrett, um, the dude's a freak. There's no question about it. You saw how impressive he is size-wise and how much he looks NFL-ready. Um, what can Browns fans expect to see from him, and how does he impact the defense uh, year one and really beyond? Well, he's he's going to be the star of training camp. Um, just getting to see someone of his size in person and be that close, the way that you know, the way that training camp is set up, right, um, is is going to be worth every you know mile driven or <laughs> miles driven. Hey now, um, but it's it's one of those things where the show. you know he's going to to be not only impacting the defense on his own. But what he's going to do for the other players on that defense, freeing up guys like Emmanuel Ogba on right. the other side, freeing up some of the interior linemen to to get to quarterbacks and just shorten plays. All too long, defensive backs on this team were forced to cover wide receivers and tight ends for six, seven seconds. Right. And anytime you give a quarterback that much time, they're just going to pick you apart. And if you can shrink that, uh, even by, by a second or two, you're going to make your defense that much more impactful. And I think Miles Garrett does that for this team. That's what I loved about picking Miles Garrett is that – is he going to be everything as advertised? I don't know. But what I do know is every week next year, defensive coordinators are going to be telling their defensive uh, team, make sure you know where that kid is every minute of every game we have to play him, which does free up the other part of the defense to help you start to make plays. And I was trying to tell people this last night. You don't root for players. What do you root for? Your football 
team, and you have to be good across it. And so you have Agba. Now you add Garrett. You got some other defensive pieces. You, who knows where they're, what they're going to do with Peppers? And now all of a sudden you got multiple guys you got to account for. And defensive coordinators are going to have to fear Miles Garrett. He, and don't don't discount the fact that he's going to be going up against Joe Thomas uh, against in every practice. Oh, fair uh, his, point. You know, essentially his his rookie, and however long Joe stays here. And Fair point. If you if you can go up against the best left tackle in football while you're practicing, um, you're you're only going to be that much better come game time. Now we heard the rumor last night pretty heavily during the draft that the Browns are trying to make a trade for Kirk Cousins. What do you think the likelihood that that will end up happening is? I I would almost assure you they've been trying to trade for Kirk Cousins or acquire Kirk Cousins since he hit the free agent market. Um, and, and you saw a lot of you know consternation there when you know players were leaving and they weren't getting better, and he was you know getting a little little antsy. Um, and I would I would you know he, he's not a top five quarterback in the league, but he's definitely a much much better than the Browns have right now. And he, he the, the issue will be the second you bring him in, it's going to be expectations that he's going to win seven eight games, and that's that, that's a tough reach for this Browns team. Um, I don't see it getting done. Uh, just because I think I think Washington will, will not take that hit. I mean, you, if you if you're the, if you're the Skins and you trade your your quarterback for whatever it is, draft picks, players, however they want to construct that, your 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 kid. They don't have a guy waiting in the wings. You know, they don't have a they don't have a Jimmy Garoppolo for his Tom Brady. They they're going they will they will go to the bottom of the NFC East and and yeah and, and then they will. You know, be there for a very, very long time because everybody else in that division has a quarterback, and you know whether it's Dak Prescott, whether it's Carson Wentz, whomever. And I just don't think you can sell that to that fan base. I'd be very surprised if they could pull it off. Well, that that leads to a, uh, the next question here: of well, somebody is going to have to be under center for the Cleveland Browns this year. Who do you think that somebody's going to be? Uh, right now, it's going to be Cody Kessler, um, unless they can figure out a way to to make a deal. Or, or or change things up. It's I, Cody and and uh, Brock Osweiler will go into camp as your as your as your you know vying for that job. But I do believe it'll be it'll be Cody Kessler, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of jump he can make from his rookie season to his sophomore year. And a lot of you know the the Browns will tell you a lot of the things that they study uh, look very very good for Kessler completion percentage things like that that uh, that are that are that are things that you can build upon um, if he can learn how to get rid of the ball quicker. And not take as many sacks and not take as many hits and be able to stay on the field, unlike you know his rookie season. I, I think they have a lot of confidence in it. I don't think they feel he's going to guide them to the Super Bowl, but I do feel he could be a stopgap as needed. You got to study the ship. You know what I mean? And that's what I kind of liked about Kirk Cousins. That idea is that I, I'm with you. I don't think Kirk Cousins is like a top five quarterback in the league. And I really don't like the personality stuff. The you like that and that kind of stuff. I'm not wild <laughs> about that kind of stuff. It just comes off very douchey to me. You know, that's the headline if they make the deal, right? For like sure. every newspaper in the country sure. is going to have. But he, but he did throw for 4,900 yards last year, and he has kind of. Re- I mean, he at least has Washington playoff viable. And at that point, I mean, we would trip over ourselves to at least get there. I like you though. I do expect him if he comes in for us to win six games off the rip, and uh, that may be a little unfair. I really hope they can get that deal done. I, I'm with you. I don't. I'm not sure that they will, and I don't know why Washington would do it. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I do think he would be. A a solid 
acquisition for the Browns. Who do you think will have the better pro career, Mitch Trubisky or Deshaun Watson? You know, it's gonna and it's gonna be weird. It's all gonna come down to a product of I think where they where they landed, right. um, which which we've been saying forever. You know, heading into this draft, you know, the Browns draft Trub- Trubisky, great story, met her kid, whatever. He's got nobody to throw the ball to. You know, he could he could flop out and flame out just as much as anybody else has. Uh, but he, but if he ends up in Arizona, you know, then that's it's a it's a it's a much different situation. Um, you know, right now I'm going to say the early returns will be on. Uh, I think Deshaun. Um, I, I just think squad. his situation is yeah. is, is, a, is much better. Um, but I think if 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 Chicago doesn't mess this up and put too much pressure on this kid, and by all accounts they they they're still going to start Mike Glennon and and let 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 Mitch learn. Um, the long-term returns on Mitch could be much, much higher. Um, it could be very similar to what um, Cincinnati did with Carson Palmer back in the day. Right. And, and you know, they had Kitna. You know, Kitna was obviously not the long-term solution. But you, you let him, you know, you let him play for a year, let Carson learn, and then you, you unleash him in the second season, and the next thing you know, you're in the playoffs. And I think, I think they, have, they have that potential. I just don't know if I trust Chicago to not mess it up. Obviously, you know, the second, third day of the draft becomes harder and harder to decide which guys in particular are going to get off the board. But what do you see the Browns doing with these next two days of draft picks? A lot of trading, um, whether it's trading up, trading down, acquiring more picks. Um, you know, they, they obviously don't have the first pick in, you know, today. So the, the uh, you know, moving up to get Joku, I think, was, the, you know, what we would have been waiting for today. But... To that point, I, I you know, I, I do. I just think they're going to make a lot of moves. They've always made a lot of moves, and they're always answering the phone in case teams want to move up or down. And as long as the deal makes sense on the value charts that they have, they're going to do it. Um, I would, I would expect them to continue to address the defense. I think you could look at a cornerback or two here. I think they might even use a late pick on a receiver to try to, you know, find some lightning in a bottle there, depending on somebody that that scores out, whether it's size wise or or, or metrics wise. So. Uh, I think you're going you're gonna to see a lot of skill positions after addressing the line as much as the O line as much as they did in free agency. Um, I think this is a good draft for fans because fans don't like watching you know interior linemen get selected. Right. Um, you know, I think I think you're going to see a lot of trades and a lot of skill positions. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're talking to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. Let me ask you this question. I hope you know the answer or, or at least have an opinion. Um, who, in your opinion, is the best player still left on the board? Oh, and I, I, I'd have to, I'd have to scour things. It was a late night. Um, the, you know, I, you, you, the court, the, the issue is a lot of people were hoping some of the quarterbacks would fall. Right. Um, you know, you, you, you do have. I, I thought Gary and Conley would fall. I was surprised the Oakland take him, given, given the situation there. I was a little surprised um, about that too. And I, and I, so I, you know, he would have been my answer. Um, you know, a guy like, you know, I. I I, I was kind of tailing off towards the end of the draft. I don't think Deshaun Kaiser was picked, right, from as far as I from know, Nord- yeah. from Notre Dame. Um, and there's a lot of people who feel talent-wise he could be the best quarterback of a lot. Um, you know, but you just have to manicure his attitude a little bit. Wrong. So you know, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of potential, you know, still in this in this draft. And don't get me wrong, I mean, there's going to be guys selected in the third and fourth round that are going to have a lot that are going to have starting spots on some of these teams. So sure, yeah. we'll see. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it'll, it'll be again. You know, you never know. The Browns will, you know, be movers and shakers. So it's not you can you can't you can't tune in hoping you know trying to time it to see who they pick. You're gonna it's going to be a draft. That you're going to just have to kind of have on in the background or watch keep your the whole eyes thing on it. through because the Browns they, there's a good chance they're not picking where they're slated to.
I couldn't believe Kansas City, the Chiefs, moved up to take Patrick Mahomes that early. I thought for sure he was going to be there in the second round, and I would have liked him as a second-round pick. I couldn't believe the Chiefs moved up and took him there. Um, and I was almost sad to see that go. Ultimately, I said going into this, I kind of liked Garrett at one and Watson at 12, but if they ended up not taking a quarterback at all this year, that I could live with it because I just don't feel like this is the quarterback draft, and next year's is much, much deeper um, given the projections of when guys are going to come out. Uh, before we let you go, I do want to shift gears because we know now that the Eastern Concert Semifinals in the NBA is going to be the Cavs v. Raptors, and Game 1 is Monday night, 7 o'clock. Is there going to be any drama in this series whatsoever? Depends what you mean by drama. I mean, they're, they're, I, I don't think it'll be a sweep. Um, so if, if fans are going into this thinking that they're going to sweep through the series, um, you know, I, th- I think that will be drama. Um, and how they, whatever, if they lose a game, how they lose it will be, will be put under a microscope for the, the, the days in between that and the next one. Um, but no, I, if you're thinking that the Cavs are going to lose this series, I, I don't. Um, you know, I think they will, be, they will be returning to the Eastern Conference Finals here. Uh, it just might take six games, just like it did, you know, to beat Toronto last year. Last year, um, right. you know, they are, you know, they they're 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 arguably a better team this year than they were last year in terms of talent. Um, you know, they you know having Ibaka and, and you know on down the line. So it'll be a good series. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how Toronto defends Cleveland um, because I think that's the bigger issue more so than than the Cavs defending Toronto. Um, you know, I you know again last year they tried to take away the three. And they left a bunch of open lanes for LeBron and Kyrie in games one and two, and they got their doors blown off. So we'll see how Dwayne Casey attacks that this year. Um, but, I, I mean, I think when you have LeBron James, I mean, the Cavs have the two best players in the series um, on, on their team. And then as long as Kyrie gets out of whatever funk he was in in the, in the game four against Indiana, uh, which I think we can expect that to happen, um, I think the Cavs are going to be just fine. That's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. My man, we appreciate you uh, moving your schedule around and talking with us this morning. We'll talk to you again Monday morning, 8 o'clock. Sounds good, man. Take care. Have a great weekend. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. 06.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 106.9. 910 is when you get your next keyword for Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. We'll get you hooked up with $1,000. 920, we'll talk to adult superstar Dylan Harper. She's in town tonight, tomorrow night at the Diamond Rail Club. You can step away from the from the computer screen there, guys. Step up to the main stage. She's hot, that girl, man. She's got that girl next door look to her. She doesn't look like a porn star. No. Like, if you just took her out in public and she wasn't, like, all dolled up, like, you wouldn't go, oh, that girl does porn. That's, um, it seems to be kind of the new trend in pornography. Look young and look innocent. Yeah, it does. So, I read this coming out of Minnesota. And I don't know what to make of it just yet. All right. And Big Lake, Minnesota, there's a yearbook photo of a high school, and I didn't even know what this was until I read this, trap shooting team, which is like competitive rifle shooting, I guess. Oh, it's not like shooting in a trap house. This is something else. Okay. I, I thought knew, it was, I, 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 this is what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. It's Minnesota, not College Park. Okay. It's completely different there. So Big Lake High School trap shooting coach Rhonda Eckert says she learned Wednesday from the athletic director that the team picture will not be included in the yearbook because it's against school policy to show firearms and photos. This is like competitive rifle shooting and the like, and they all are standing there holding the gun. Now, her take is, is it's what we use for the sport. What What would be the difference here versus like a baseball team holding bats, which technically could be a weapon, right? And I understand why a school says, 
no guns and photos. Right? We've talked about this before with senior pictures. People want to like, I'm a you know, I'm a gun person, so I'm holding my daddy's rifle in, in the yearbook photo. But and some of people have written into me before and said, Oh, that's ridiculous, let them do it. But let's not pretend that if a kid showed up tomorrow with braids and two Glock nines pointing them in his high school photo, that you're gonna argue that that should be allowed. Let's not pretend you're gonna do that, because you're not. Now, this is different because it's not a solo photo. This is a sport that you know that the school does, which I can't believe in 2017. Like, I don't care. Have trap shooting, fine. But in 2017, we're giving high school kids with all their problems weapons. I I can't believe that's still a thing in America right now. But not that I'm against it, but I just I can't believe that nobody's been like, yeah, we need to get rid of this given some of the problems we've seen. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's going to be people who push back and say that it's part of, you know, like, well, that's you know, trap shooting is a part of the culture up here, and this is kind of what we do. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem. But I, I guess what I would say to the trap shooting coach is that, like, you got to kind of look down the field a little bit. And when you're taking these pictures as a team, you might want to do one with guns and one without guns. Just in case. Yeah. You you need to know that there's going to be an issue there. It's almost, I don't want to say irresponsible of you not to think of that, but like, come on. Somebody said to me, you know, what about golf team photos? Like guys are holding golf clubs. You could easily bludgeon somebody to death with a golf club. It's happened. And I was like, yeah, there's an argument to be made there. So maybe what you do is make the rule, no equipment. I mean, you could strangle somebody with your hands. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there's certainly no shortage of, of weapons, but like golf clubs and baseball bats, yes, they can be used as a weapon, but, but they're, they're not, not designed, designed to be weapons. to be a weapon. A car could be a weapon, right? I mean, like, would it be okay? And I mean, like, let's be real. There's, there's, you know, those dragon shirt weirdos out there that have, you know, samurai swords all over their house. If somebody wanted to do samurai swords as their senior picture, you're not going to be cool with that, right? Right. I mean, and I don't think you necessarily should be. Like, you, you, you have to know that these rules are in place. Especially you as the coach of that team, you probably need to know, like, well, what are the rules that my team needs to abide by? And if you don't, I guess you can't be too surprised by it. Uh, Listener Ben is telling me this, and I don't know if he's right about it, but I would have never known this, that um, Chippewa High School, nationally one of the top trap shooting clubs, has won the national uh, nationals multiple times in the last 10 years. I didn't know that. I didn't even know trap shooting was a thing in high school. It, what is it? Like, just like uh, the, the clay it's, pigeons It's are the clay pigeon thing, right? If, right? if I have this right. It's weird how, like, high school to high school to high school, like, certain sports are big and certain sports aren't. Right. Like, when I was in high school, I went to Twinsburg. We didn't even have a swim team, let alone trap shooting teams. You know what I mean? And, like, soccer wasn't big in my school, but football and basketball were. You go to some other high schools, and soccer's, like, the big sport. It's weird how, like, school to school to school, how things are some some popular and some not. I had no idea we were still giving high school kids guns to let them shoot at things. Give them all guns, dude. Let them take them to school. What, what's going to happen? I had what's the no, worst thing that could happen? No idea of that. I had no idea that was a thing. At first, this seemed a little ridiculous to me, but the more I think about it, I'm like, dude, just save yourself the headache. Whether it's right or not, whether they're infringing on your rights or not, or whatever, sometimes you just got to suck up the thing that's not great for you and understand that it's better for the greater good. And ultimately, I think these kids are going to be fine whether they're holding that gun or they're not. They still won the national title. Everybody's happy. Just let them sit there and take the photo, and they don't necessarily need to hold the gun while they're doing it. I mean, are you going to argue that they need to hold up the dead animal they shot? I mean, I know it's not that's not what they do, but like ultimately, I don't really see a huge issue with this. You know, 
these damn PC running. And I'm that guy. I'm the, the, like, stop being so PC guy. But I think this one, people are just upset because you want to be upset. Mary Kay Cabot claims she knows what the Browns are going to do to fix the quarterback solution. We'll get into that and also get you hooked up with $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9, your next keyword for Rock 106.9's workday double pay that could earn you $1,000. is just minutes away now. We'll get you hooked up with that here shortly. Uh, the draft is on everybody's mind all day today. That's what you're going to be hearing everywhere you go. And Mary Kay Cabot now is saying... Well, she's quoting Sashi Brown saying, we will not rest until we solidify that position, talking about the quarterback, because people are a little upset they didn't take Watson or Mitch Trubisky last night. Which I find hilarious. Like, I know the Browns need a quarterback as much as the next person does, but the people who are like, oh, they didn't draft the quarterback, F. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Leading up to the draft, everybody was telling me how neither one of these quarterbacks were worth it. We don't take them, and now they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, come on. And worth keeping in mind that there's still two days of draft left in front of us. So it's not that the Browns have not or will not have a quarterback. It's they have not picked one yet. On night one. Right. And go look at what the Bears gave up to get Mitch Trubisky. A pure unknown. I mean, they moved up one spot. And when that happened yesterday, I'm just sitting there watching the draft kind of, and they announced like the terms and conditions of that trade. Was like I was four picks. blown away to move up one spot. One spot. San Fran wasn't going to take him. They weren't going to take him. Crazy. When I saw that, my tweet was this. The the Bears just got hustled. I like the Garrett pick even more now. And, and absolutely I do. And look, I do Trubisky man to be good. Watson is going to be good because of where he went. He went to Houston and dude that's a that's a that's a positive place for a young quarterback to go. Bill O'Brien will get him worked out pretty good. I don't think Watson was going to make the same impact year 1 at the Browns that he's going to make year 1 for the Houston Texans, right? Fair, fair, I just think he's fair. not going to make the same impact for us. Mary Kay Cabot's now saying that the moves that they made yesterday and the gift that keeps giving, as her quote, from the Wentz trade last year has now given the Browns the ammunition that they need to get New England back to the table to give us Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I said yesterday, and I kind of maintain, that if Garoppolo's the real deal, Belichick's not going to let him go. You got Brady turning, what, 41, I think, by the middle of this year? Yeah, yes, and obviously Father Time undefeated in sports, and Tom Brady will not be the exception to that, but you've brought this up in the past, and I've agreed with it, you know, um, is that when Brady calls it quits, Belichick's going to call it quits. Yeah, I was kind of on that. And I and I was very and I, I was on that where if you're Belichick, you didn't win before you had Brady. Why? Why would you keep trying? Why would you keep trying? Right. You got five titles. Call it a day. And let's be honest, you're probably going to then move into like a GM position, maybe even ownership at some point. In your wing of Canton, the Hall of Fame's already. Uh, we've already got it set for you guys. Both you guys, we've that's, already got it set up for you. That's what they're building over there. Yeah, dude. That's what six hundred million dollars is going to. You think that's all for Toby Keith? That's Belichick and Brady, baby. <laughs> It, that's it's exactly what it's for. Get ready for the B and B bed and breakfast. <laughs> Belichick and Brady. That's what's going to happen. That's why Johnson Controls gave us six hundred million dollars. It wasn't so Toby Keith could sing no. "Made in America" no, this it summer. It was not. <laughs> that's, it was that's not. not it. But I don't know if they're going to give him up. But let's say hypothetically, this is what happens: right. if the Browns walk away this year. You tell me we bolstered up the offensive line. We got that guy from Cincinnati who loves you and you loves him. We get him. Still have Joe Thomas. We got a decent running back. You get Corey Coleman in the wideout. Now you got the new tight end. You got Miles Garrett and Jabril, uh, Jabril Preppers. 
and we still got two more, what, three more rounds of the draft left, and Jimmy Garoppolo's your quarterback, you still gonna be are you still gonna be posting pictures of dumpster fires then? Brown's Twitter? Are you? I doubt it. When when it comes to the concept of Garoppolo, obviously this would have to be like it's not going to be draft picks from today or from this draft. This is obviously we'd be trading next year. Future, next year's next year's first rounders essentially for Jimmy Garoppolo this year. They're saying two first rounders next year to New England for Garoppolo. So that would be the 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 obviously the Browns, you know, their first round pick and who was it that we traded for at number tw- or, or that we traded with at number 12? So it would be the uh, it was Texans, right? Uh, Texans, yeah. So it would be the Texans first round pick and the Browns first round pick. <clears throat> and if you if if you told me if you told me you have to combine those two things next year and you get a franchise quarterback out of it, I'd say do it every single time. And if we believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is a franchise quarterback, well then yeah, pull the trigger, dude. 62% of draft picks wash out of the NFL in under four years. Jeez. 62%. Draft picks are just that. They're just, it's, it's like, well, we'll pick and we'll see. But if you can get me a guy who, who can play quarterback and they say Jimmy Garoppolo can, and I know, well, you've only seen him in two games and this and that, but Belichick ain't been letting him go anytime soon. You know what I mean? He seems to like the kid. Now people say, well, if he lets him go, that's buyer beware. There's a great argument for that. Of course. There's a great argument for that. But here's what I know. He's not worse than Brock Osweiler. He's not worse than that. He's not worse than Cody Kessler. So if all I give up is draft picks where, again, 62% of them wash out in under four years in the NFL, and that's all I have to give up for a guy that's better than Osweiler and better than Kessler together, I'm taking that gamble. I am absolutely – and people say this, and I and it's – it's uninformed sports fans who say this. It's a fifthum. It's a fifthum. Well, let's say it is. He knows the system, right? Knows it. Has seen a championship system. So let's get his ass in here and have him start to then mold our offense around the fifthum. I can watch you poking your eyes out as you're saying it. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. It's not a system. It Does it help? Absolutely it does. Belichick was helped by Brady as much as Brady was helped by Belichick's system. Go look. Belichick didn't win until Tom Brady. Didn't win. It took Tom Brady to win. Because Brady's still a solid quarterback. If you think Garoppolo's the guy, first-round draft picks next year that are that are more likely to bust than produce are easily worth giving up. Trade them all. Give, I'd give them all. Give them all to Belichick and get me a quarterback. If they end up with Garoppolo and we did what we did in the first night of the draft, I'm telling you right now, I'm all in. All in. We're going to get you hooked up with this $1,000 right now. And next on the program is adult superstar Dylan Harper in town at the Diamond Royal Club. She's in town all weekend at the Diamond Royale Club and making her Stansbury Show debut is Dylan Harper. They tell me she's on hold. Is this Dylan? Hello. Hi, is this Dylan Harper? This is Dylan. <laughs> oh my god, have I, been saying, have I been saying <laughs> your name wrong for like five years straight? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Bad you. Wow, man, maybe I gotta have my eyes checked. I, uh, I'm so excited to have you on the program. You're going to be in town uh, performing both Friday and Saturday night at the Diamond Royal Club, and we're excited to have you in the Hall of Fame city. And uh, I reached out yeah. to the club and wanted to talk to you um, as I. Uh, there are girls in your industry, for people that don't know, she's in the adult entertainment industry, that are what I would call run-of-the-mill, and then there are girls who have gone like next level. And I kind of view you as Dillian, as uh, one of the, the women that has gone next level. And it seems to have been a meteoric rise for you a little bit, because from what I understand, you got into the business around 2012. Is that right? Yes. 
And so in five years' time, um, you're, you're like currently ranked as like one of the most popular entertainers in the industry. Well, that's what everybody keeps, I guess, telling me. I don't really watch um, all these, the polls, uh, like the, um, they always have a weekly, like they post like the most top searched girls. And right. I don't know. I have always like get told, oh, you're three or four or two or one, whatever. So I'm like, I don't really pay attention to it. I just do my thing. <laughs> so would you say then that that stuff's not important to you? Um, not to say that it's not important, but um, I guess it's not the mo- most important thing. <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, Dillian, you've walked me right to the doorstep of the next question then. What is the most important thing for you in your career? Um, most important thing? Uh, <laughs> like a lot that's a big question i mean i don't know it's such um i would say like just i mean what i've always done i've never really paid attention to the the numbers and right. and the rates and all that i just kind of just like i said it's kind of stayed true to myself um since day one and kind of came into this and kept telling myself like i'm not going to lose myself or like i don't know sometimes girls come in and they get a big name and then like they're just like a completely different person um and i think the thing about me is i'm pretty easygoing and laid back and i kind of make my fans like like they're nervous at, at first but within five minutes of a conversation it's uh like talking to a friend you know um just very very chill um but other than that i would say i mean just um within the industry most important thing um is you got to be safe for what you do on, on outside the industry as a performer too right. um and be respectful towards your coworkers and things um but yeah you still have fun <laughs> be careful <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's ultimately it's a fun job but at the end of the day it is a job it's a career essentially um, Jaden James is is a girl I've had on the show plenty of times, and I, I've I've talked to her about this, and it seemed like she had an exit strategy. Like she knew she wanted to do it, knew she wanted to get in, had X amount of years to do it to like strike, and then she wanted to get out. Like, do you have an exit strategy, or are you playing it by ear? Like, how are you handling that? Um, I've heard. I mean, I've heard the same thing with um, a couple of the women. You know, right. they they have a whole plan set out. Me, my whole life, every time I try to plan something, it's like, it just, I don't know, it it just doesn't ever go according to plan. <laughs> um, and me, I've, I've just like, I kind of, I'm more of, this, more of that person to go with the flow, um, feel it out, like what I'm doing right now, I'm com- comfortable with, but definitely like, it's good to have some future plans and investments and things, um, some other avenues of um making money and things because you you we're getting old you know so we all get old and you got to have that uh backup plan it's it's um, yeah as dillian harper's joining the stansbury show your industry is one of those very interesting things is like because a girl can come out start filming some movies and she goes from teen babysitter movies to two years later they hover in the milf category it's like it's a very fast leap to different genre it seems like in your industry well i mean even in high school, I had friends that were, like, older looking, you know, and right. that's how it is in the industry. Um, 
you know, some of some of the girls have this, like me, I have the stupid baby face. I, I've always hated it. So that was like, really? You've always hated that? I'm surprised to hear that. Yeah, well, it looks like a baby. It's young, like, um, but I guess it paid off for this industry um, in particular. <laughs> um, well, me personally, I think your baby face has totally helped you, Dillian Harper, because I'll put it to you like this. If I was to show my mother a picture of your face, she's not going to assume that pornography is what you do for a living. And I'm willing to bet a lot of guys really like that. <laughs> oh, I, I guess I'm the one that they can take home to the family, huh? <laughs> oh my god talk about a fantasy i would absolutely love to take you home to meet my mother dillian harper joining the stands ratio <laughs> one of the most popular adult entertainers in the industry is in town at the diamond rail club friday and saturday night dillian harper and she's joining the Sansbury show and i know about your industry that girls are allowed to kind of have like a yes and a no list are you willing to tell me something that is on your no list dillian harper um yeah i uh... No ain't well, no anal. No anal. Um, right? <laughs> like, okay. I'm always like trying to tell the fans that no butt. <laughs> okay. I can't do it, but kudos to the girls that can. <laughs> oh. Um, and my other, I guess, no is is the whole interracial thing. IR shoots is what they call them. Anal, right. so anal and IR is on my nose. Dillian Harper joining the Sansbury Show, telling us that she has interracial films as a no on her list of things she will not do in the industry. Is it for the reason I think it is? For me, I feel like it's a political thing. And me, honestly, everybody else, we've all done interracial. We've sure. all, I mean, like, uh, for the most part. And it just sucks that it has to be like labeled that. And I don't want to feed into the propaganda of that. You know what I mean? So... A lot of people, I, I get a lot of the whole, oh, you're racist. and not, No, I'm not, actually. One of my best friends is Misty Stone, one of the top performers. She's been around for years. Yeah. Um, and I've explained to her, she's like, I totally get where you're coming from. But, you know, you're only one person. You're not going to make much of a difference. And I was like, well, you know, we start somewhere, don't we? I'm like, I feel like the girls that do it and towns that do it, like, y'all are just giving them what they want to industry as a whole the businessmen behind it you know what i would say to her and you about that is is that never doubt the fact that a small group of people can change the world because it's the only thing that ever has yeah so you not wanting to do interracial movies in your porn career isn't necessarily about the fact that you don't want to be with an african-american man it's more about the fact that you want to remove the interracial brand i want to remove that label yeah definitely um it's not like it's not gonna start it's not gonna happen with just one but it's definitely making i think as i get like you said you know you would have never guessed that that's the reason why but as i get that reason out there to people like it makes a little bit more sense <laughs> adult superstar dillian harper joining the stansbury show uh, at Adult superstar Dillian Harper joining the Stansbury Show as she's in town performing at the Diamond Royale Club tonight and tomorrow night. I know, Dillian, that there are probably things that you were willing to do sexually in your career that maybe you are not willing to do at home in your private sex life. Are you willing to tell me what one of those might be? Um, not, I mean, yeah, actually, I, I okay. have. Okay. I have, no, I'm thinking, like, like, I've done a lot. Um, but I would say... My, the, the pegging, I did a pegging scene, um, 
Okay. Yeah, shockingly, like, um, and it was for like Evil Angel. Yeah. Was, um, their series that they do, and I personally uh, had a bad experience with the first alien scene I did for Mofos that's out there right now. Um, but it's really hard to find because it was like filmed four or five years ago when I first got in. Um, but yeah, I kind of wanted to like give it back to the dude, <laughs> like, and like, okay, they're just. I asked to put me in that pain, then I'm going to get it right back to them. That is literally my favorite answer to any question I've ever asked anybody on the show. <laughs> it, it, I didn't really feel it, though, because he liked it. It's not fair. Because, like, like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Anyways. <laughs> Dillian Harper, thank you so much. This was an eye-opening experience, and I sincerely apologize for saying your name wrong at the beginning of the interview. It's all good. It's all good. Just remember, it's Dillian like a million. <laughs> Dillian like a million that should be easy to remember there is adult superstar Dillian Harper in town tonight tomorrow night at the Diamond Royale Club make sure you head out there and see her Dylan thank you so much for joining us we'll be sure to send some people your way tonight alright thank you Dan take care we will close out the Stansberry show for the week next on Rock 1069. and all I gotta say is it's Friday and everybody help me say the sinner's prayer say oh God oh my night Clint Parker. Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. Well, howdy, folks. How the hell y'all doing? Old Catfish Cooley coming into you live, baby. Kick the dust up. Bunnies don't poop eggs. <laughs> You're f***ing your girlfriend in a public restaurant acting like a prostitute. Don't you wish you could meet a whore like that? A lot of men are looking for a good whore that'll put out for free. There's a dirty little secret. I've decided to make this season my last as an NASCAR cup driver. You gonna die doing this dumb ass, yeah. f***ing fool? Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your f***ing mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. I have unicorn crap all in my hair and on my nose. I have never been so stressed out in my entire life. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. And the 2-0 pitch to Lindor. Swung out and built it to deep right center. Away, back and gone. He has a five, a five time, a five time earning. What? I got some mighty dog food, some kind of s. Tonight, the little boy is stuck using a pool noodle to find his way around. He's at risk for HIV, hepatitis C, herpes, gonorrhea, chlamydia. Facebook thugging is a crime. You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. No, this is wrong. Oh, my God. Look at what you did to him. And, you know, this is terrible. This is terrible. I'm 46 years old. You know, bring your kids and everywhere. I had to take off my shoes. So kiss my black I used to be that whore. I'm not a whore anymore. With the first pick. In the 2017 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Miles Garrett, defensive end, Texas A&M. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Fishhead has your next opportunity for you to win $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. He'll give you your keyword at 1010 this morning. Nearing the end of the week. Jeez. Let me tell you something. What's that? You know what I found out? What? By making it through this week, huh? This job's harder than I thought it would be. Ah, 
You need to play a little bit more golf. Maybe that'd be the answer. This job's a lot more difficult than I thought head it would out, be. Head out to the court, Stansberry. That'll fix your problems. Let me tell you, Megan Rock 106.9 great again. Tough. It's an uphill battle. Tough gig. It is. Tough gig. It is. You got big plans for the weekend, buddy? Uh, Trying to think of what I've got going on. Um, Tomorrow, I will be stopping over at Heritage Tattoos, getting oh, some new ink. Nice. So, uh, very excited about that. See nice. Rob and the crew over there. Heritage Tattoos. Ding, ding. Get me going. Ding. Um, also, uh, this weekend. Good for um, you. I'm happy that happened. This weekend is the uh, is the Hall of Fame Marathon, so I will oh, not be running, running it or it? anything like that. Hell no, I'm not. Um, But I will be going over to the J-Babe uh, Stern Community Center Sunday morning so I can go be a part of the... Yeah! Yeah, go guys, go, go, yeah! I'm gonna go be one of the cheers. Oh, a little cup of water on the side. Yeah, I feel like, dude, the community's gotta come out and support stuff like that, so I'm gonna be a part of it That's Sunday. That's Sunday morning? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. What time are you doing that? I'm not 100% sure what the times are yet. Keep, Early is what I assume. Keep me in the loop. I will. I'm supposed to play in a foursome Sunday morning, but okay. I but I might be able to push that off just a little bit and join you for well, that. Well, and if, there, if it's raining, the marathon will go on, golf will not. You know what I'm saying? Fair point. So if that's the case, but then it's gonna be raining, you're gonna don't, be like, <laughs> I was gonna say, don't you dare, don't you dare. <laughs> no, good for you. That what's, uh, awesome. what's your story? What you got going on? I'm um, slinging drinks tonight and tomorrow night, and mm-hmm. then honestly, uh, no plans uh, for sa- uh, no plans other than like you know, like I said, playing in that foursome Sunday morning. But it might rain. So. Um, it's going to be kind of what do I want to say? Like uh, a, a little bit boring of a sports weekend as the Cavaliers don't play till Monday. Till Monday draft. I mean, yeah, second and third round, but it's not nearly as important. It doesn't have the panache that round one has. <sighs> Are the Indians at home this weekend? I'm going to have to check. Maybe I'll go up there, dude. Maybe I'll have to double I'll check. Do. Nice. Let's go, let's go, let's go take a little tribe action. Nice. I'm actually there. excited to do tonight at the Agora Sabaton. Yeah, oh, dude, dude it's gonna be a good night. They you. were so good last time they played. They played. It was about two years ago. I worked their show. They were so good. I cannot wait for that. And then tomorrow's like one of those EDM type festivals all day type oh, things. So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's a long weekend, but it'll be a good one, and I'm very excited about it. Aside from that, we are done for the day. We'll be back at it live Monday morning on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great weekend. See you.